Okay. Um, anybody have any questions from last time? We're going to go right back into last time again, but any, anything just jump out at you or something that was a holdover? Where are you going? Um, this, you said this. I was hoping Jay Adcock would be back so I could. Yeah. And I just see it in my kids' life, I see it in my life, and it's just, I don't know, it's been a really great to chew on that. Yeah, you know, on last Wednesday, for the guys who were, so I was the victim last Wednesday <laughs> in the prayer time, and uh, we got partway through it, and uh, so I called my prayer partner of 20 years, who now lives up in Connecticut, and I shared with him, and he goes, have you thought about this? And I'm like, oh. Of course, you know. So we're going to go back maybe on Wednesday, and I'll I'll keep it secret, but see if we can stumble on it. But anyway, um, well, um, let me just review a couple of things. Nobody's here for the first time. I think I recognize every face. So, um, so three kind, three parts of us. We're really just one thing, but there, we can look at us in three parts, like there's just one God, but there's ten commandments, you know, or whatever. So we can look at the three parts of us, and they interact with each other, and Paul makes a very clear thing. He says, look, you can speak out of your sarkikos man, and, and it will look and feel a certain way. You can speak out of your pneumaticos man, and it will look and feel a different way, and you can speak out of you, your, your um, psychological man and it will feel a, a different way yet and and you can not just speak out of that but you can live life out of that you can react out of that that can be your go-to so it, so if I feel lonely and stressed my go-to might be sarco let's eat a bunch of food let's do a bunch of sugar let's let's do pornography let's do drugs let's do alcohol let's why because that's my go-to for comfort even though I have a comforter inside of me who said I'm the God of all comfort but, but my, my psychological man, who can't really originate anything, goes, ah, and goes to this habitually, right, and so on. And so we, we, we have those ways, uh, the, those ways and means of acting. And so, so scripture, scripture says, if our mind, that is our psychological, the mind, which doesn't really originate everything, but looks for ideas and then goes, okay, let's do that, okay, let's do that, and pretends to originate stuff, but it really just analyzes. The mindset on the flesh is death. That is the mindset over here on Sarkikos man tends toward death. And remember we talked about God isn't so much a right and wrong, this is right, this is wrong, but he's this tends toward death, this tends toward life. If you invest in things that are death dealing, then you will begin to experience the, this death with quotes around it in your life. You begin to experience things that, that lead you into darker, darker, more frustrating, more whatever. If you, experience, if you focus over here on the spirit, then you'll begin to experience life even though you will be in the process of putting to death the deeds of the flesh. In other words, it's not easy life, but it's life, okay? I mean, it's, it's the path of the righteous goes brighter and brighter until the full day, right? And so, so we're in that we're in that process. Um, and I talked about something, and I know, Jay, you asked about it. Um, we talked about where, where Satan is, in a sense, stuck in a system. And what I, what I really mean by that is, 
Satan looks at us and he says, okay, I have a chance to tempt, test, or try you, and my goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. My goal is your destruction. God says in 1 Corinthians 10 13, look at Satan, if I put no limits on you, you could destroy all of mankind. But for my children, no temptation, 1 Corinthians 10 13, no temptation, test or trial, prasmos is the word, no temptation, test or trial is overtaken you. That's not common to man, so, so don't think some crazy things happening to you like it says in Peter, okay? That's not common to man. And I'm faithful, and I won't let Satan tempt or test or try you beyond the ability that's inside of you to recognize it, deal with it, and be victorious. And so what happens, because James says, God, God says, look, I don't tempt you. Okay, James says, if anyone's tempted, let them not say God is tempting. God doesn't tempt anyone. But so what happens is that, is that Satan, like he demanded to sift Peter, okay? Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I, Jesus, have interceded for you that you wouldn't fail. And when you've turned, you'll strengthen your brethren, okay? Was P Peter was not in a position to strengthen his brethren until he was in a position to deal with his pride. Because prior to strengthening his brethren, he said, they may all deny you, but I won't, right? They're jerks, I'm not. I'm your man, I'm the rock. The rock, remember the rock, Jesus. And then he goes, Jesus, you're not gonna go to the cross. What about this king? So he's, he's bossing everybody around. He's being prideful. And Jesus goes, oh, you have just opened up a door for Satan to have a legal right to sift you. But when you've turned, you will now be in a position to strengthen, not criticize your brethren. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, oh, sorry. I was just, uh, and so, and so, he, yeah. So even at his death, Peter goes, I'm not worthy to be crucified. Crucify me upside down. Right? So, so you see, this, this radical transformation in Peter, and the transformation happened when he cowered in front of a servant girl at the fire, then he went out and wept. Okay, boom. There could have been a transformation in Judas, but he didn't repent, he went out and hung himself. Just like Esau couldn't find repentance because he was more concerned with the loss of a birthright than with a heart that would bargain away a birthright, right? He was more concerned with what he was getting and not getting than with a heart that would even go there. But Peter was concerned with his heart that would go there and was repentant, okay? So he's pulling out weeds in his heart, digging up the soil and planting good seed back, and then it produces a crop in Peter, okay? And so that's, that's how that, is there any question there on that? So I'm not saying that a Christian can't totally fail and go on to destruction, and I don't know about, I don't want to talk about eternal security and all that kind of stuff. But what I am saying is that if they do, it's their choice. Bets may be off for unbelievers, but for believers, there's pretty certain promises that we can withstand it. Doesn't mean you won't feel the heat. Doesn't mean there won't be suffering. Doesn't mean discipline won't feel hard, won't feel impossible. It just means it isn't impossible. Okay, that's the point. And, and that's really encouraging for us when you're in the middle of something because you go, all things work together for good.
for them that love him are called all things all this is this is but we shouldn't make the mistake because the outcome of good thinking that the origin is God okay Satan can try something that has a great outcome like in Peter but Jesus didn't say I'm gonna sift you like wheat no he said Satan is demanded to sift you like wheat so because the outcome is good doesn't mean the origin is God it just means that God's a better chess player okay that's what it means so we have to be careful attributing things to God because outcomes are good and that happens all the time in the Christian world um, a mother dies and someone tells the child, I guess God wanted your mother more than you. And you just go, really? But that's kind of a standard Southern Christian thing to say to someone, as if that's comforting. And you go, that's not comforting, it's disastrous. <coughs> you have just created a picture of God that any child who has any sense at all would run away from. I mean, I just say, shut, shut up. <laughs> Nobody can say anything to this child. Okay, so... We talked about things where the heart defines the man. You are what your heart is. I even um, was reading today, oh, um, where, um, what's his name? The prophet goes to, to anoint one of Jesse's sons as king in Bethlehem. And God says, no, no, it's not the tall, handsome guy. I look at the heart. I don't judge like other people look. And so he goes, it's the kid. Uh, kid writing psalms in the hills, right? That's the one. Okay, so watch over your heart with all diligence. From it flow the stutzoth, the things that propel your life. So you, your responsibility is to watch over your heart. Your garden is your responsibility, not God's responsibility. God will absolutely assist you, but your heart is your responsibility. It's probably the most important thing that you have to do in this world is to present to God a heart that is right. right? Somewhere it says, I couldn't, I couldn't think of it where the scripture is, but, but to, present to, to present unto God a heart that's pure, a heart that's something like that. Okay? And that's when we stand before him, how's your heart? Did you learn to love? So here it says, for that which proceeds out of the man, uh, that's what defiles him. Out of the heart of men proceed evil. So, so that's, if I'm defiled, it's because there's defilement in my heart. Okay? Um, you might remember on the Canary Islands, there are these two giant aircraft that crashed into each other on the runway and they burst into flames. And a bunch of people, this is a lot of years ago now. And there was one Christian, and he said, um, People were cursing and swearing and, and, you know, catching fire and cursing and swearing. And he said, um, I began to quote Psalms. He said, I didn't think about it. I didn't plan to, but I began to quote Psalms. Just, just came rushing up. Okay. I had, uh, and I, I had this conversation with this guy. I had dinner with one of my old um, grad school roommates in Colorado this week. I was in Boulder. Um, and he worked in Boulder, and we, he said, hey, I saw you in Boulder, let's have breakfast. And so we were talking about this incident, I think I maybe shared it, where I was driving, oh, I did share that, okay, yeah, yeah, where I go, oh, shh, and he goes, oh, Jesus, yeah. He reminded me of that, actually, and I said, you changed my life, uh, bro, and uh, gave me a great story to tell that uh, showed who I was at the time. Um, the kingdom of God, so, so this is then the verse that talks about 
look, God's kingdom is within you. This is how it works, right? So man plants seed into the ground. Our job is to, is to till the soil, plant the seed. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. So we can't make things grow. Just like in our garden, we can't make things grow. But we can create an environment where growth occurs. And so how do we create that environment? Well, how do seeds get planted in our heart? How do they get watered? If you are like a, um, a meditator or, or what you go, okay, so what I pay attention to, there, so there, there's a, everything comes through the mind. So God says, Second mm, Corinthians 11, Paul says, I betrothed you to one bride, even the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm afraid lest as Satan deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So there's a battle in the mind. Satan is after the heart, but he can't go straight there. He's got to go through the mind. And so if he can get us to believe things that aren't true, to act on things that are unrighteous, to pay attention to things, then he knows that those things go like, mess, are the, like messengers that go down into the heart. So, as, so it says in Proverbs, as a man thinks within himself, so is he, okay? And so what Satan is after then is to create situations, to plant thoughts, whatever, to, and to get us to believe, to cause to believe a lie. That's what the word deceive means, to cause to believe a lie. And so if, if he and his demons can get us to cause to believe lies, then that belief is what plants a seed in our heart. The focus, the mindfulness about certain things plants in our heart. So you meditate on the daily news and you become fearful. I don't know why I became fearful. Where did you spend all your free time for the last 30 years? Oh, watching the news, thinking about the news, talking about the news. Became fearful. I am an angry ranter on Twitter. Why? Because all I do is read angry rants on Twitter and it makes me angry. I think I have a, a, a solution for you. You know, turn off the TV. You know, and so what we pay attention to then, and so God says to us, so it says, as a man thinks within himself, so you see that word thinks is a weird Hebrew word. It means to act as a gatekeeper. So what he's really saying is, is that as a man acts as a gatekeeper within himself, so is he. Okay? So, so I am the gatekeeper, and, and we help each other keep the gates. But we say, do you line up with the word of God? No, out. Out. You're, you're a beggar knocking at my door. You, you, want, you want a hand on No way. Out. In the name of Jesus. And so our, our job then is to understand how stuff gets planted in the heart and to sow in the heart things that we know will produce a crop of righteousness, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, walking the spirit, love. To produce those fruit, right? that grow, we don't make the fruit grow, but we create a place for it to grow. So, so, um, so us learning 
hand-to-hand -hand combat in the spiritual world is really important. It's life or death for us. And so God has given us a way to do that. James 4, 7, and 8. He says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So I was uh, trained in jungle warfare uh, in the Army. And uh, what they said is, if you're in an ambush, you do three things. Return fire, yell ambush, and get out of the kill zone. Okay? That's the only way you survive. You go ambush while you're getting out of the kill zone. That's it. Just shoot in the, don't aim, just shoot in the general direction. Okay? And you, you have a better chance of surviving an ambush. Well, so, so Satan will ambush us. You're, you're walking through the airport, and there's the sleazy travel woman who just happens to sit next to you on the, or the, the lecherous man or whatever, you know, and there you are. Or your, what, whatever the, the weakness is that we're currently dealing with, the thing that's in front of us, and a thought comes. And so what God says, submit, resist, draw near. Remember when Jesus was tempted? Satan goes, you're starving. Turn, bread into, turn stones into bread. You can do that. And he goes, it's written. Okay, that didn't work. Uh, you know, um, you're, you want to change the whole world. I'll just give you the whole world. Look at it. I'll give it. It all belongs to me. It was given to me by Adam. I'll give it to you if you'll worship me. It's written. He goes, okay, look, if you throw yourself off the top of the temple, you know your father will rescue you because of the call on your life. So you should do that, and everyone will know you were saved by the father. And he goes, it's written. Satan goes, dang it. And so it says he leaves and looks for a more opportune time, right? A kairos moment for temptation. So for us, in the areas that we struggle, in the areas that we struggle, we prepare our defense not in the midst of the temptation. We prepare our defense ahead of time by saying, Holy Spirit, what's true? In this area of my life, what's true? What is it is written in this area? And we lay that in our hearts. We lay it up in our hearts. We memorize it. Okay, so, so I, I had an anger problem growing up. Dang it. And so, and so I just laid inside of me, the anger of man does not uh, accomplish the righteousness of God. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, not anger. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. I'm under control of the Holy Spirit. I'm only angry when God is angry, and I only do what I say. That's who I am. Okay, see, now, that took, what, eight seconds to say that? That's because I've said it a hundred times, out loud sometimes, okay? I'm, I'm about ready to, because I learned, I was discipled in the ways of letting people have it from my father. And so I'm like, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteous, bam, 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 okay? And so submit, resist, draw near. Submit. Some, something comes your way, the first thing you do is call out to God. Submit to God. Jesus, help me. A little phone call to heaven. God, help me. God, stand with me. Holy Spirit, I'm in you. I'm, I'm hidden in you. Just one nanosecond. Resist. 
It is written. You can do it in your head in the airport. What are you doing? I'm, I'm busy right now. Okay, just resist. It is written. It is written. It is written. Turn back. Draw near. Holy Spirit, thank you. Jesus, thank you for being with me. Father, thank you for just... And, and you're, you're, you just go right back into the presence. And Satan's like, that's not going to work. And over time, he gives up because that part of you has been transformed. There is nothing to... There's no hook anymore. It's, it's been... That part of your heart that had that in it is gone. Literally gone. Okay? You are a new creation in that area. So the way that you do that is to understand the issues in your life that are current, not everything. God only works on things currently. Say, God, what are you working on currently? What's true? What have I thought is true? What's the lie? What, do I, what is true? Okay, what does submit, resist, draw near look like in this area? Okay. All right, so we're gonna do that now. Not that whole thing. So we, we talked about this, body, soul, spirit. The heart is, um, is in the middle between the soul and the spirit. We have X-rated input that comes in for external. It's not all bad. G for God. Um, from our spirit, if our born-again spirit, then it's, it's filled, okay? Filled with the spirit. <coughs> and so we want... The, the crop to grow, and crops in the heart grow in, the sa in my experience in the same time that crops in your garden grow. You plant in, you know, March, no, April 15th, right after you pay your taxes, you plant in your garden. That's what my father-in-law said. Um, and you start to harvest midsummer, and your, your heart, so don't give up in doing well, for in due time you will reap if you do not lose heart, okay? And so don't lose heart. Um, and so let's talk about, so the exercise today is we're gonna talk about the three conditions of the heart that the parable of the sower talks about, okay? We're gonna talk about those three conditions and we're just gonna ask the Lord if there's anything there for us, okay? So just kind of be, be listening, and this is gonna, okay, so now we stop lecture, now we're going interactive, okay? But I wanted to get that submit resist drawn here because I don't know that I'd have time this semester to do that, and I wanted to get that to you. If you go to our website, there's a free one, where I talk about it for an hour, called Winning the Daily Battle. It's an audio on the freedomprayer.org website and you can just listen to it, okay? It's been probably listened to 50,000 times as far as I know, um, and it changed my life. Um, okay, so it says here, I gotta go over here where the light's not reflecting it. No, it's reflecting it there. Okay, um, so here's the first seed. It's trampled, the birds eat it, says, when anyone's here, here's this word, and this is an amalgam of the three accounts. Um, he doesn't really understand it, and the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. So the evil one comes because something's been put in the heart. So what does that look like in a life, those kinds of situations? Do you have your own experience of that, where you hear something and then, mm, now I don't really have it anymore? 
Any thoughts about that? What might that look like in, in a normal day-to-day -day experience? This, this kind of thing. It's trampled, birds eat it. Then he says that what happens is the evil one comes and takes that truth away from you. It comes to mind me is sitting and listening to someone, Sunday morning church or a sermon, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, this person I need to talk to, I need to go visit or something along that, and then Monday morning comes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's gone, right? It's gone. So the, yep, so that's, that's an example. Any others? Kind of examples of that. Um, so we can all think of them where, where I know I've heard something. It it made sense to me when I heard it. What what you know what was it again? You know it's a, it's just, it's just gone. It's just it's just gone. And some of it is because. We're so jam-packed with sermons if you tried to do every sermon. You know, it's like you should go to church once a quarter, you know, and, and then do that. And then when that's done, come back again. You know, it'd probably be more fruitful. I don't know. But um, what was the thing that drew Satan to that heart? What made Satan go, oh, yeah, I, got, I can do this? What are some things? There's not a right answer. Nobody knows what the right answer is. Yeah. It was never deeply embedded in the heart. It was just sort of a surface. Yeah. Yeah, and it says he, he he hears the word, but he doesn't really understand it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't quite get it. I'm not sure, you know, is it their fault? Is it their parents' fault? Is it the preacher's fault? Is it some combination? Something about their heart is dull, and it doesn't really say why. It just says it is dull. And there is no follow-through. Their life isn't a, isn't a life that goes, yes, I'm convicted, I'm going to do that. It's just like, it doesn't really say they have something else they're really excited about. They're just not excited about it. The spiritual stuff just doesn't, you know, it sounds good, but honestly... Yeah, I think that understanding piece is huge. Yeah. Yeah, they don't under, they don't... Yeah, they go, oh... That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and you eventually go. You know, I kind of wasted my time going to church. I mean, it seems kind of funny because I'm I'm over here and I'm I'm understanding other world stuff, but this it's foolishness to them, right? The it feels seems foolish, seems irrelevant. It seems churchy it seems uh, it doesn't hit them somehow they don't really get it um, but there's still seed there still kerplunk on the ground right still um, but what is what does a heart condition where the path is trampled and the birds eat it what what does that look like in a life what are some things that could look like like if your heart is like a trampled path with birds what what things does that look like? A Could be wounded, yeah? Well, my, my dad was Catholic, and after decades, Bonnie agreed to go to church with us, probably 45, 50 years old. And in that sermon, the preacher badmouthed the Catholic Church. Whoops, yeah. The bird came, snatched it away. 
Yeah, there you go. It, it says the evil one comes and snatches it away. In other words, Satan goes, oh, I can take care of this. Yeah, we'll just, I'll just help him to be offended about this. See, when Satan comes to us, he comes in the first person, singular. He doesn't say, you don't love your wife. He goes, I, I don't know if I love my wife. See, I, you know, I'm not really being paid enough by my company. They're really cheating me. And, you know, taking a little money on the side out of the till. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of my do. You know, see, see, and so he doesn't, and, and he disguise, his voice sounds like your voice. He doesn't come and say, hi, I'm Satan. I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy your life, drag you to hell, and, and destroy your family. Come on, you know, get on board. You, there's no way. And so it sounds like me. So when I say no, it feels like I'm saying no to me in some ways. Okay? And we've had some amazing prayer times where we, we demand that Satan's voice be confused. And you see the person next week and they go, man, it's crazy. I'm like hearing stuff and I go, what? And he goes, I know I used to listen to that. And now I'm going, what? Because, you know, all of a sudden you go, that's not me, which is a relief sometimes. See, it says Jesus was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. So maybe Jesus glances at Mary Magdalene and a thought in his head is, hello, baby. And Jesus goes, no, out, out. You're you're a beggar knocking at my door and you're not getting in. You're not getting in. Nice try. Nice try. Now I'm on the alert. In fact, now I'm going to treat Mary Magdalene with such grace and such purity and such insight that she's going to be transformed. See, Satan always risks everything with the temptation because when we act in the opposite spirit, he loses big time. God always takes back more than what Satan tries to steal. Always, when we cooperate. Always. It's a fun victory when we cooperate. Okay, so that's good. What else is this? Trampled path, birds? And other churches and yeah, well, and non churches, but um, yeah, you know, it's like you know they they've heard other people talk about how the spirit works in their lives, but for them, they don't feel it or see it personally, and so even though it's truth, Satan snatches it away, and they just yeah don't you know they don't understand it, and so they just don't buy into it. Yeah, but that's yeah or a church i was in they know and understand about laying your life down for the poor and whatever but honestly we're having so much fun here raising our hands and speaking tongues that see and so you can see it kind of works in if i can just make you your world a caricature of christianity you'll eventually realize it's a caricature and you'll you'll walk away and so yeah so it might be here the caricature is holy who and over here it's like helping the poor are you no, we're, we're having a party. We're having a Holy Spirit party. See, and so whatever he can do to caricaturize your faith, he'll do. And we could point a finger at any church and find some places where that's happening every, in our lives. You know, it's, a, it's like I always say, so Lord, 
where, where is my life so trampled with other things that nothing can really grow there? I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just drawn to that picture that you gave when Mary Magdalene used because in that same picture, you see the wounded person that Catherine was talking about who has been trampled by the world and the relationships that men have yeah. forced upon her and society has put her in. That was a two for one for Satan, right? Like you've got... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 uh, that, I just am tender to that person who, like, yeah, that's even how Jesus sees me. You know, like, like a comment or a look or, or whatever. It's reinforcing, and, and it removed, it would have removed her mm -hmm. from that position of being able to receive who he truly was. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we, when we encounter people, God can show us what the condition of the heart is, and he will if we ask. If we'll partner with him, he'll show us. Okay, so here's the rocky place. Um, so the rocky place, it, it springs up, that should be, it springs up, but is scorched and withered, having no root. This is one, here's with joy, but they're not deeply rooted, it's not deeply rooted within them. So when affliction or persecution arise, because of the word, they immediately fall away. So what does that look like? It's, it's different than the first one, but maybe subtly so. What are, some, what are some ways that that could, you know, think of our lives first, or people we know, loved ones, uh, our own experience. So it says having no root within themselves. So they get it, right? They hear it with joy. They go, oh, that's awesome. What a great sermon that was today. Or, man, somebody gave me a word. I know it was God. This is so good. You know, and they're, they're joyful. They're happy. You go, oh, hey, bless you, brother. And off you go. <coughs> and so then what happens? Yeah. And it's hard for them to understand and don't believe. Yeah, somehow it doesn't, it doesn't root into the soil. Yeah, it says rocky, right? What does rocky look like? I think yeah. Maybe uh, they're going back to what's familiar, what they're drinking from or what they're eating from is not getting that nourishment from the meat. Yeah. So they have an inadequate root system. Mm -hmm. And so like in your picture of receiving it from the Spirit, from God's Word, they go back to the news. They go back to... Um, you know, yeah, possibly the, the, so. What do, what might rocks be? Yeah. It sounds like kind of like a fair weather friend. Like in this company, who believes this? And while I'm in this company that believes this, I believe this too. Yeah. But then once I'm around people who don't, who who might think of me differently for believing this, eh, maybe that's not so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that may well be. Yeah, and so it withers it it. The roots can't get in because there's already something there that doesn't let things root, right? Or because their faith isn't deep. Yeah. The soil, it's good to be deep. So then they can't, you know, the person's like, well, why, why is Islam worse than Christianity? Or why is, mm -hmm. you know, I thought God is good and so he's not going to do bad things. He's not going to let a man kill a bunch of people. Church. How can you believe that? Yeah, how can he? It's going to do that uh -huh. if your soul's not deep. 
that faith that you got in that good word that you received mm-hmm. at church, you won't be able to take that and use that in that situation with that context. Yeah. So it withers. So when I bought my 15 acres, after a while I, I was walking in the woods and I found piles of rocks that, that had been there from the day they cleared the land. And they got all the rocks out of the soil so they could plant. Do we have piles of rocks, you know, over here, or are the rocks still here? And what are those rocks? What are those things that... I think busyness in our world today yeah. is something that uh, we just stay distracted and from one thing to the next. Yeah, yeah. Rock! <laughs> Sure. People who believe that God wouldn't let bad things happen, or that God, um, if you love Him and you serve Him, then you're not going to suffer. But you think you're not supposed to suffer. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Ungodly beliefs about yourself and your identity and who I am, because sometimes it's bigger than, yeah. than the belief that there's a God who loves me and this is really for me. Yeah. There, there's things in my life that just when I plant little seeds here, they just, they just, I have to deal with this rock first, right? If, if I don't deal with the rocks, then I'll be rocky soil forever. I have to deal with the rocks. But you know what? I don't, I don't talk about my family, okay? I don't talk about my upbringing. That's off limits. Or, you know, there's this, you know, you just go, we hit a wall, we hit a wall, we hit another wall, you know, and at some point you just go, stop. <laughs> Do you, you know, do you, do you want to get rid of that or do you want to keep carrying it? Your choice. But let's describe what it's doing to you. It's killing you, but you can keep it if you want to, you know. Okay, let's look at this other one. So, so there's, this is, there's a lot growing in this soil, right? There, this, this is some fertile soil. Um, choked out by other things, planted, is the one who hears the word, goes there on their way. And the, now look at these three things. The worries of life deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things, choke out the word. It's 1045 already, isn't it? Dang it. Okay, next week, the last week, we're going to do a meditation on all this. Um, so what are those things? I mean, it's, it's, I guess, fairly obvious, but this is soil that's really fertile soil really fertile soil. So fertile, everything grows, right? So they hear the word, they go their way. And then we have this, and so that's, that's like kind of a busyness, but, it, but it's like, I'm a really a productive person. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just passionate about lots of stuff. And, and God, I'm sort of passionate about God too, but I'm really passionate about cooking. You know, I'm really passionate about, about roasting my own coffee, you know, and I'm just, I'm so into this music scene and, you know, and, and not, those things aren't bad. They're just bad if they're an idol, right? They're, they're bad if they choke out the word. God says, seek first, what, the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. And they'll be added unto you in right portion, in right ways to fulfill a right life. But if you seek these things, they will they will grow out of proportion. They will become caricatures. Satan is always about pushing things to extreme. 
and that extreme then becomes harmful in our life, right? Pushing it to extreme and let it become harmful. And so here's, here's the good. So honest and good heart, hear, retain, persevere, produce fruit. So hear, in every, every one of these parables, Jesus says, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he's saying, let he who has a heart that has good soil, let him hear what I'm saying. Let him hear and understand about the heart, right? And he's saying, uh, honest and good, honest and good, those are like the two preconditions. Are you honest and good? Lord, where inside of me am I not honest? Where inside of me am I not good? Okay, so we're going to come back to this next week, but, but um, here, are the, here is the exercise we're going to do next time. Okay, so we're going to just quickly go over the stuff in the heart again, but we're going to ask the Lord, you can try this at home, um, Lord, is there anything you want to show me about my heart's condition? And you can go back over the three one at a time and say, Lord, is there anything you want to show me that might cause a seed not to grow? And just sit. I, I sit with a, a nice drink of some kind. I just sit in my easy chair and I just close. I say, Lord, is there anything you want to show me? And sometimes an event will pop up. Oh, so what, Lord, what is, Lord, is there anything you want to show me about what I should do about it? Why did you show me that event or that relationship or that business meeting? Lord, is there anything you want to show me that, that in my heart that might give Satan an opportunity? Remember, Satan was behind all three of the reasons. But, but the, the reason he could do anything was the precondition of the heart. In other words, it's a two-part thing. There's a heart precondition, and then there's Satan taking advantage of that precondition. So it's always a two-part thing. And so we can ask God a two-part question. God, is there anything inside of me? And you could just go through the three kinds of heart. Lord, is there anything inside of me that Satan can take advantage of in this area? Am I like this in any way? How has Satan taken advantage of me? Is there anything you want to show me that I should do about it? It becomes a really, you get a couple of friends together and you, you take turns. It becomes a, a mind-altering experience. <laughs> it just really becomes good because people can speak prophetic words to you or they could just speak what they hear God saying, which is a prophetic word, right? And, and so you, you get these groups where people are sharing together, like two or three people together sharing this and it becomes powerful, powerful changing. So the parable then becomes life. The words I've spoken to you are life, okay? So we, we hold the parables before God and he goes, I'm glad you asked. And all of a sudden, all things go, okay? So we're gonna come back and, and, and maybe get into groups of two or three and do this. Yeah. No, but, but they, I don't know that we're born with, but we might be. Right. Because, because we're talking about, you're saying about transforming. So that means that at some point we may have fertile soil that there's some thorns, or we may have some rocky. Yeah. And in order to, to really understand, I, I That's a good question. I'm sort of 
where is my where is my heart? You know, am I a little thorny and a little good? You know, yeah, it might be a little. In this area, I'm a little this, and this area, I'm a little that. In others, I don't know. We're all one type, and and I. We might be born that way, but God's intention is that we have an honest and good heart. So something happened generationally, prenatally, in the first year of life, in the, when I was eight. Something happened that set off a way that I guard my heart, a way that I hurt my wounded heart or protect it, a way that I do life that is not true and not helpful. And that's what we're after. Okay, okay bless you. Thank you so much.